1: Emergency Blue Shirts Breakaway episode, a topic you and I spent two years talking about, had genuine consequences on our lives, livelihoods, and mental health. Jack Eichel has been traded, and actually a lot of segments, who gets traded first. Jack Eichel's been traded to the Las Vegas Knights, the Golden Knights, rather. And here we are, Gregory, on a uh, remember, remember the 4th of November Something, day of the week, morning. Thursday? Is it Thursday? I can't even remember. I think
2: it's morning. Thursday. I heard it's Thursday. I think the Jets play tonight, so. Cool.
1: Nice. It's, uh, how do we feel right away? Because I I have a lot of mixed emotions. Uh, I'll, I'll be frank. I think I'm going to be the the more negative of the two of us. I I kind of have a feeling I know where you're going to go. And I'm going to be the person that's, like, a little bit more irrational here. And I'm just admitting that off the top
2: first and foremost i'm thrilled it's over same i I, I am this isn't i i I don't expect Sabres fans to ever listen to this because why would they they hate us they want us dead as they should um yeah fair (laughs) i can't even criticize them for those thoughts if one of them came up to me and punched me in the face i'd be like cool totally makes sense but i'm also going to break out my nine iron and hit you really (laughs) hard um yeah i a lot of it is just like thank fuck it's done the elephant has left the room. It's this weight off our shoulders where we don't have to talk about it right. anymore. And it seems like, for me, I don't know if it was just acceptance f- from weeks at this point. I'd say probably for the last month, I had just assumed it's a matter of time that he, he being Jack Eichel, was going to be in Vegas. So the fact that it has happened is almost an expectation at this time that has been met. I don't know. I, I think it's honestly today is a lot more relief, not from a, I didn't want him on the Rangers. I think I've made it very clear that I wanted him on the Rangers. And I've made it very clear that if the Rangers truly wanted to try to take this team to the next level, you had to get a guy like Jack Eichel simply because, and we've talked about this ad nauseum and it's so thankful that we get to talk about this one more time and never again. It's just a simple and hard fact that players like jack eichel are not made available in trade in the nhl all that often so when one is made available you have to make the move it to expect someone of eichel's caliber to be available in the next year two years three years the odds of it are just low yeah it's not it's, it's not how the nhl operates
1: and it's not and uh, there's man there's a lot here the rangers had a timeline right the the moment they signed that mika Zibanejad extension was the moment pretty much they were out on on Jack Eichel. There was a time earlier in the summer when there was a chance to get both. You and I always said it was both. not No mystery there, Greg. There was always—if we to, if you wanted to be this competitive team, you had to get both. And I think the Rangers tried, especially before uh, Drury was in charge, to do a lot of things to get that right. But when the Rangers signed Nemeth, and then they signed Barclay Goodrow for $3.6 million, which is just frankly too much for a Dryden Hunt. I mean, Barkley Goodrow uh, for six years, that kind of goes, the, the both kind of goes out the window just a little bit. I mean, I know Reeves is, is not that much money either, but that's it's not really like a savvy kind of cap space move. I'm not blaming any of those players for not the Rangers not getting Jack Eichel because when it comes down to it, Greg, and I think this is where you're going to head to, and I agree with you, it was that the Buffalo Sabres did not want to send Jack Eichel to New York at all costs. Pretty much no matter what the Rangers did. Now, maybe if the Rangers offered uh, Lafreniere, they would have said yes. They'd be stupid not to. Uh, maybe it was some package of Kako. Plus, they they should have said yes, which would be better than the package they got. Which I guess we should mention the package they got right now. So, Darren Drager reported this morning. It was a 2023 third-round pick. Uh, Krebs took a first in 2022.
2: and. Well, they... Buffalo had to trade the 2023 third round. Pick. That's correct. Yeah. That went to Vegas. Yeah. That's With correct. Eichel.
1: Yes. Uh, and for 2022 in a third. So it, it is, I would say the package was underwhelming. I, I have on pretty good record that the Rangers offered Strom. They offered Booch. They offered pretty much everything that's damaged goods at, at when the trade, not when they draft was here. It was like Strom, Booch. Uh, I think it was Kravstov, Jones, Georgiev in a first. I'm not sure. I'd rather have that package than what Buffalo got. Again, Kravstov's damaged goods right now. Stroma ended up being on, uh, being up on the blue. Uh, no, Stroma's still here, but he's Ryan Stroma. We've been trying to trade him for years. Butch ended up being on the blues. Georgiev ended up, uh, well... You know, being Georgiev, so I, I think I'd rather still have the Vegas package, but to not take the Anaheim package that they were offered allegedly at the draft, and I think the Rangers could have upped the offer and to include, you know, Niels Jones and a couple other players to possibly get to that position where they'd have to say yes. I, I think they should have, but I think the Rangers thought we'd rather have Mika Zibanejad at eight point five. We're not sure about the neck. I can't even say that for sure, to be honest. Uh, but they wanted to have the a little bit of cap room wiggle room and expected me to be a better player and all those reports it true or not uh, is what they're going to end up saying here.
2: Yeah, I think it's not exactly fair to compare what the Rangers could or could not have done to the Vegas offer to get Jack Eichel. I think anybody who's saying the Jack Eichel offer that or the Jack Eichel package, it's incredibly underwhelming. The Sabres, didn't even accomplish the one thing they said they wanted to accomplish, which was get the equivalent of four first round picks in this deal. The nicest thing you can say is they probably got three, right? Krebs first round pedigree, the physical first round pick. And I've seen people say that talk, if he was an asset on his own, you could expect that asset to be equivalent to a late first round pick. So under their own rules, they only got 75 cents on the dollar. And I do I think it's lower than that. I'm I'm not a big prospect guy like our friend Drew Way is, but I think the Rangers offer on this level, Buchnevich is a better player than Tuck, but Tuck comes with more contract control. But the Rangers would, Buc would be in for Tuck. Uh, Schneider would be in for Krebs. The Rangers first round pick, which would probably be higher in the draft than Vegas's first round pick. And then if the Rangers attached another first-round pick or just a second-round pick to it, their offer would be better. But it doesn't matter because the Sabres didn't want to send him to New York. So I can't really get upset about what the Rangers did or didn't offer. What I can be upset about is it doesn't feel – the the two most recent instances we have with Chris Jury when it comes to player evaluation and making critical moves – is it doesn't seem like the guy is very elastic. seems like he's pretty stubborn. And it seems like he's willing to put something on the table, and then that's what's on the table. And he's not going to come back to the table. Um, it seems like there wasn't any flexibility with the Kravtsov situation. It doesn't seem like there is any flexibility with the Jack Eichel situation. So it's, to me, that's fairly damning. Uh, it's not fire this guy tomorrow damning, but... If Chris Drury is supposed to be out here building a case in my mind and build confidence in my eyes that he's the man for the job, he's not off to a good start.
1: No, he's not. And and I agree with everything you said there about the stubbornness. It was something we heard constantly uh, throughout the summer of whatever Chris Drury has offered for this, for Jack Eichel at the time, would not be moving. It would not be going up. And that would just be the simple case of it. So that original package that he offered, that was it. I guess they decided that's that's as much as they could go. And there are a lot of you listening to this right now thinking to yourself, like, I didn't want Jack Eichel. He he wasn't he he wasn't gonna be that that player I and mean, we don't know about the artificial disc surgery, and you have the right to think that. But Eichel in general is a game breaker. Uh, to have him unless I know that the cap space is tight, you probably wouldn't have been able to keep Mika Zabinajad and, and And maybe that's something you would rather you, maybe you'd rather have Mika than Jack Eichel. But when it comes to timelines and the New York Rangers winning over the next decade, the Rangers are now in a position where if they don't win in the next three to four years, uh, that's it. Greg, like that's to me, that's it. Like I know Adam Fox is super young, going to be here forever. Going to be able to carry the team on his own some nights. And that's, that's great. Igor Shosturkin will do the same thing for five, six, seven years here uh, if he ends up re-signing after his contract. But Panarin and Mika are around for around for the long haul, and they're going to try and maybe move Jacob Truba or, or Chris Kreider come 2024 to make another move. But that top six piece uh, that we've been discussing is going to have to be a rental. And then after that, uh, this team is set. So instead of having your 25-year-old elite top-end center, I mean who do you think let's just play a stupid game i mean this is a stupid game greg especially on november 4th Uh, who would you rather have in the league that you think could even possibly come available in the next four years rather than jack eichel Do you think matthews ever comes available probably not right
2: mcdavid well that 2025 26 you're you're bringing up the point that i was going to get to because it's not just that star players don't become available it's that the star players that do become available are coming from broken franchises, right? Yes. So you're essentially hoping, you're praying that Brady Kachuk becomes available, but he just signed a seven-year deal. I understand that we just did this dance with Jack Eichel. Um, You're, the people, people hoping for Matthew Kachuk, you're at a point now where I'm not exactly sure how you thread that needle because of all the money you have Tied up elsewhere, it's at least not without also finding a taker for Chris Kreider, and I don't know how you can make that move in season with Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider, if you're ever going to trade Kreider, it feels like it's something that has to be de- negotiated and done in the off season because if you want Matthew Kachuk and you have all the reason in the world to want Matthew Kachuk, that one has to almost be a dollar in, dollar out deal. Sure, in the short term. That piece you can send out is someone like Ryan Strom. And then in the offseason, you can find the Chris Kreider trade. But the Rangers have situated themselves where you can't move Ryan Strom in a Matthew Kenchuk trade because you simply don't have the center bodies to get it done. You don't have the way to backfill for Strom, which is, again, just a ridiculous position that we are sitting in right now. But that is another big reason why we were more on eichel than anybody else because it addressed the need it addressed every need that the new york rangers had center depth elite upside top 6 potential a great player availability it you name it 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 checked the box but it's yeah you're you're hoping a star player at a franchise that is either historically broken or just a player in a situation where you know He doesn't want to be in that situation like Pierre-Luc Dubois doesn't do anything for me. I I have the name that's
1: going to be the person we end up talking about. Oh, great. I know who it is. All right. So who is it? It's Elias Pedersen. Three-year contract, Vancouver. That's going to be the one.
2: Yeah. And you know what would piss me off about that, Ryan? What's that? Could have had him already. Yep. (laughs) Trust me.
1: I know this is what's so funny to me about like this Jack Eichel thing. Like uh, certain, certain people just being like, yeah, I wouldn't want to give up that much. Like, dude, I'd give up four first round picks for Jack Eichel
2: right now. <laughs> and again, they didn't even get four first round picks. They did That's, not. This is the thing that pisses me off the most about offer sheets. And it's the thing that I rant about the most with offer sheets. It's like people assume the first round pick they're giving up is the number one overall pick. Stop assuming that you're giving up a shitty first round pick. For these players. You know how I know that? Because the Vegas Golden Knights just traded Peyton Krebs, a good but not great prospect, Alex Tuck, an injured winger, and a first round pick that is going to be 25th or later. I'll go I'll you draft. one
1: better, Gregory. Let's talk about top 10 picks for the New York Rangers, shall we? Leah oh, Anderson.
2: Leah Anderson and Vitaly Krebs. Oh, cool.
1: <laughs> That's going well.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: it... it I w- I would easily give those picks. I know hindsight's twenty twenty at this point, but Jesus, like, well, you... not
2: just. But you're you're telling me as much as the kid seems great and good and all that, whatever. You're telling me you wouldn't trade Brandon Othman, Braden Schneider, and two first round picks for Elias Patterson right now. You're gonna sign look me, me up. You look at me in the fucking eyes, and you're gonna tell me that twice on Sunday, Gregory. It's just it's unbelievable. Like, yeah, it's just <laughs> it drives me it drives me bonkers that it we're not talking about the Cacos and the Lafreniers and these offer sheets. We're talking about the guys at the end of the first round that you have a better shot at missing on entirely than them playing a meaningful NHL career. And again, I know the New York Rangers have kind of slanted our view on this because they've had success drafting in the 20s, but just because the Rangers are good at it doesn't mean every team is good at it. And I would be willing to bet that if you gave the Vancouver Canucks four consecutive picks, that are likely after the 20th overall pick in the NHL draft, that those four players are gonna be butt. And it's just giving them the pressure of having to identify their own talent. Do that every day. And I I just I lose my I really do lose my mind on the failure to understand that you will never hope, you realistically will not hope for one of those picks that will come. After the twentieth overall selection no, to right be right. Elias Pedersen. Sorry, Mike. My... So you're going to give a... up <laughs> the guy... Gregory? You know how we record this, right? My neighbor
1: uh-huh. is cutting concrete again. Unbelievable. <laughs> we just recorded BSBO yesterday. If you want to listen to it, Patreon.com/slash uh, Pushes Breakaway. Yeah, I'm with you. It's you're not getting. You just can't get these kind of players. And I think that's going to be kind of, you know how there's always a player attached to the Rangers, right? Like, hey, who's the next guy we're waiting for? I mean, there's always going to be a 2026 McDavid sweepstakes. Every team's going to think they're in on that. Everybody, every single buddy should try and be getting him for every single reason possible. But I think Pedersen's been notably unhappy with Vancouver. And I think that the Rangers have been heavily attached to him for extremely long time uh, since his draft day. They were He was one or two on their draft list that t- at that day. And he'll be the next the next name. But that's two years away before we can even start thinking about that. And Vancouver, there's no way they're trading him. Uh, they they want to do everything they can to keep him, and they should because he's their freaking franchise.
2: Ugh. Where do we go from here? I, where do we go from here? I mean, I wrote about it a little bit today. I wrote about it. Nice. Which is as surprising as anything Another else. plug. I, uh, the New York Rangers have have issues on their own. Issues that if they made this Jack Eichel trade would not be solved today. And the New York Rangers, what we know about them is that they fancy themselves playoff contenders. They have a clear goal to make the playoffs and they have a clear inability to score the puck. So they need to identify a player who can score the puck for them in order for them to reach their ceiling. And I I think it's just become crystal clear that a player, I, I know people hate it, but a player like Phil Kessel is what this team just desperately needs. The Rangers aren't in a position and aren't in a division where they can just wait and hope things turn around because not just the, the point I made in the article today is not just, can you not hope that things will turn around? Maybe they will, but it's already been made perfectly clear that if the Rangers lose just one, let alone two of the pieces in their top six, chaos ensues well right now and their, their right
1: wing situation is literally Capo kako with zero points and that's it like kako i know he was hurt for two weeks and he has to get shit going here really in his third year but for their right wing like who are they relying on this the kraftsov situation is a nightmare uh all the quotes yesterday that were just like oh yeah for, to play for the new york rangers again uh, please please it ain't happening there's no if way he was going
2: to play for the if he was going to play for the New York Rangers, he'd be playing for the New York Rangers.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's a spot for him right now. I promise. Yes. He had to go down to the AHL for like a week or two because they were trying to protect Libra Hayek of all people. And
2: who Julie... they are still trying to protect. Yeah.
1: And Julian Gauthier, who just keeps getting scratched no matter what happens. Doesn't
2: make sense to me, but Wait, can I, I, this is, this is something we should talk about on the main show and we will. And I understand this is on the main feed. So that's why I'm going to bring it up today. Sure. Are we part of the problem? like, I haven't seen a lot of people being angry about Niels Lundqvist being benched. And I realize that you and I haven't exactly been angry about Niels Lundqvist being benched because it just seems like there's a lot of other shit going on. But if this was last year, this would be the only thing we're talking about, right? Every, every conversation would be, yeah, every, every conversation would be, oh, this team's struggling to score offense and you're going to bench your offensively gifted Rookie defenseman, in order to try to find new offense by putting in a six foot five brick shithouse house who can't do anything, including the principle of the assignment that he's being given. Like, it's it, it's a little it's a little weird. I don't know if it's because the games are on the West Coast and we're all tired and we're all just worried about other things. But I it, it's a oh that's interesting to me that we are not upset. That Niels Lundquist, the Rangers' prize jewel, this player that I was told the New York Rangers can't possibly include in a Jack Eichel trade because he's quite frankly it's just un- too good, untouchable, untouchable, has been scratched for two straight games for Jared fucking Tenor. We've
1: we've said this all offseason, and I think people can go back and listen to this. But the the untouchables have been always just been Lafreniere and Kako. Buffalo fans get their get their jokes off and say, hey, all everybody that's a, that's a Rangers prospect is untouchable. You and I have been pretty like Adam Fox was part of that, Kaka was part of that, and Lafreniere was part of that, and that was it.
2: Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not even talking about the Untouchables from Sabres fans. I'm talking about Rangers fans themselves who would be in our mentions all the time, saying, "I know we can't trade Lundqvist." Well, you and I had Lundqvist as cause. a freaking lock to be traded, like an absolute yes. lock. And every time we said it, people would get angry at us. But why aren't those people angry that the kid is now sitting in the press box? Doesn't really make sense That's, to me. I don't. I. I. Make it make sense to me. I, I, and I want to know. If I'm part of the problem, I get it. I probably, if this was happening last year, it would be consuming our timelines and we'd be talking about it. And I don't know if we need to be the first ones talking about it in order to get the conversation going. But it seems a little weird that nobody seems to be that upset that Niels Lundquist is sitting in the press box. Uh,
1: here's, here's where I'll try and make a little bit of sense for you on this situation. Niels had struggled massively. Now generic Jared Tenorti is not like any great shakes
2: either. It's not like, a, but I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with the struggle massively. And I 1000% would be the first one at the front of the line to say, if it said official, we've assigned Niels Lundquist to Hartford say, this is exactly what he needs. Let him get his game. Right. And in three weeks, he can come back up and dominate this league because the Rangers have a guy by the name of Zach Jones who has played in the NHL, is one of their top prospects and seems to be ready for more responsibilities if it's given to him. So you're telling me we're just not going to send Lundquist down. We're going to put him in the press box where he gains no experience and it can't possibly be the best thing for him while playing an inferior player in the lineup while a superior player in Hartford is ready to go. And wouldn't need waivers if you want to send them back down. And not
1: only that, and I'll go one step further. We've talked about development, and I think you and I will have a lot to say about development come Monday night when we record. Uh, and let's save that for, for that time. But if you protected Gauthier and you thought Gauthier was going to be here, I'm not sure why we're playing Greg McKaig, who's probably not going to be on this team in a month. Don't, doesn't make sense to me. I'm just sorry.
2: Was Gauthier, I don't know, Gauthier, you're saying protected from waivers?
1: Yes. Yes. Protected from waivers. I guess. And you were happy. You were probably happy that they took Colin Blackwell and not him.
2: Yeah. I guess the counter to that would be, it'd be one thing if a top nine spot was open and McKeg's playing on the fourth line, blah, 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 I guess is the, is the argument we'd be given, but I agree. It seems ridiculous. Anyway, this was the Eichel emergency podcast. So I, we sit here today and the, the chief concern that the New York Rangers had pre-Eichel trade announcement remains their chief concern today, which is this team desperately needs a forward who can create or generate goals. That is the thing they are clearly missing. The good news for the Rangers is they have all the cap space in the world to get whoever they want. They have all the draft picks in the world to get whoever they want. They have all the prospects in the world to get whoever they want. So I'm confident that whoever the Rangers identify as the player that they want, they will be able to get My fear is they will wait too long. Like everyone's going to, we're going to hear the name Riley Smith more than anything. Yeah. The Riley Smith thing
1: feels like a freaking, like
2: guaranteed part of it. It feels like a foregone conclusion. The problem is the conclusion might be coming too late. Vegas has no motivation to trade Riley Smith right now. Why would they, they have plenty of cap space because everybody's on long-term IR. They won't need that cap space until Eichel himself is ready to come off and play, which could not be until March at this point, probably at the earliest. So a playoff team like Vegas is not going to trade Riley Smith until Jack Eichel is ready to go or until they have no choice but to trade Riley Smith on deadline day. The New York Rangers' problems are in the now, and they need to make a move now. And if Riley Smith isn't available now, you have to go somewhere else. You have to find an answer somewhere else. This team in this division with this schedule cannot afford to just sit around and hope that things turn around because someone might get hurt or it simply won't turn around. The According to Michael McCurdy, good good friend of the show, one of the guys that I wish we'd had on this show, but it hasn't worked out for whatever reason, he's got the Rangers at 12% worse offensively than league average at five on five. their defense is just about league average. Their offense is so bad that it makes their defense look even worse. And the Rangers need to address that. They need to go out and get a player that can have this long of a runway to get familiar with this team and give Gallant as much time as possible to create the most optimal lineup for this team to win on a nightly basis. They can't wait for Vegas to decide now is the time to trade Riley Smith. They need to go out there and make a move. It, it's abundantly clear. We said it all off season that the New York Rangers were hungry to add a top six winger to this lineup or just a top six forward. They still haven't done it. And now the season is here and you know what the Rangers desperately need a top six forward. So it's, it's like shit or get off the pot. It we're told, this team is not rebuilding anymore. Those are Chris Drury's words. Well, then act like it fucking go out there and make the move. Now that's not Eichel. That's fine. It's not going to be a hurdle right now. The Sharks are winning. It has to be a player from a team that is already in the tank. It's not, Dylan Strom is not the answer, I don't think, for this Ranger team. But at, the Rangers need to do something. I need, We can't just be sitting here and continuing every week to say, man, I hope it gets better. At some point, you have to be – good teams are proactive. Good organizations are proactive. Good organizations don't allow for hopes and dreams to be what guides their day. Range's got to make a move. It doesn't have to be Eichel. It's fine that it's not Eichel. It was never really going to happen once we passed a certain point, which was the Mika advantage at extension. I've moved past it. I'm not angry about it. I'm disappointed it ended how it ended, but it's ended. Same. I need Chris Drury to do fucking something. Otherwise, he's just a lame duck GM with a lame shit team.
1: Whew. All right going to be a fun weekend three really tough games extremely tough uh, enjoy playing mcdavid calgary and florida on monday night we'll be back recording monday night we're going to try and have Sinbin on Sinbin vegas they're going to get their reaction to uh watching brett houghton for a night they're playing jack eichel and riley smith and uh we love you guys thanks for everything support us on uh, patreon.com and we'll talk to you guys later this weekend bye bye